This morning's message titled it Faith for Fruitfulness. Faith for Fruitfulness. And um, <clears throat> I believe the Lord wants to just sort of do a kind of dig deep in uh, based on the series that we just concluded. You know, we, for four weeks, we treated um, the wisdom to, to choose and the wisdom to sow. And where we basically said that the way that we partner with God for change and for revival for you know the breaking forth of his glory on the earth is when we understand the process and the concept of sowing and reaping and uh, it has nothing to do with money or special offerings but an order that God has instituted for spiritual multiplication and for dominion you know, we said that um, most of the time when the church is praying for divine intervention and revival, our outlook to it is that it is sudden, um, you know, precedented, um, unpredictable, you know, and that's why we call it intervention, divine intervention, because we want it to be a sudden, you know, jumping on the scene by God. You say, okay, now I'm here. I mean, I'm changing things around and all that. And we said God rarely does that. He does that, but very rarely. Very rarely. He does that on the basis of his sovereignty. And whenever he's even acting on the basis of his sovereignty, it's out of any human's hands. It's not a thing or a question of what you can use faith to prosecute. Amen. But within the order that he has instituted, scripture says the heavens of the heavens belongs to God. The earth he has given to what? The children of men. He has put an order in place on the earth for you and I to replicate, to dominate, and to multiply righteousness, to multiply his kind. Because the God kind is righteousness. Am I making sense? The God kind is what? Is righteousness. That is why wherever you find righteousness, you find the presence of God there. You find the presence of God. You find the essence of God. God's, the God kind, the identity is righteousness. His way is what? Is righteous. His will is what? Is righteous. Righteousness typifies the God's kind of identity. And what he has set in motion or set in place in the earth to make that system, that order to replicate and multiply is the system of what? Of sowing and reaping. And it means taking the word of God in short and or partnering with God and allowing him to do what? To sow his will and his purpose in the earth, in our lives. Because our life is the ground. And we mentioned that, you know, we can be four different kind of grounds according to Matthew chapter 13 you can be the ground by the wayside uncultivated, uncultured unconsecrated, not set apart that's why it's the wayside all kinds of things walk on it the wayside is where all kinds of men animals pass by you know we say that when your heart is not when there is no embankment and there is no boundary and there is no consecration and there is no separation then your heart becomes the breeding grounds 
and the wayside where all kinds of ideas and doctrines and patterns and traditions just walk through. There is no restriction. Hallelujah. And you can also be a stony heart, a heart that has not been turned over to God, a heart that has not been cultivated, it's not been broken up, a fallow ground, just full of potential, but unworked. You have not allowed God to work on you. You have not allowed God to shape you. You have not allowed God to have an inroad. There is a tiny inroad, but it's just at the very layer of the top. Once God is making demands, then there is rebellion. When God is bringing commandments that is opposite what your lifestyle or the pattern of your life is, then there is rebellion. And we said that the larger part of the church belong to this group. Because once there is a sense of pressure for the will of God to be done, they shut down the will of God and continue to do their own way. Their own doctrine, even the, their understanding of who God is, is based on what they want. And they will reject any other understanding that is different from that. They will reject an understanding that says, this is what God is demanding from you. And they will retain the understanding that says, God bless me. That's all they want to know. There is no commitment for change. There is no commitment to become transformed. There is no commitment for renewal of the mind. The way Romans chapter 12 said that be transformed by the word, by the renewal of the mind. So there is no transformation because there is no renewal. The word only stays at the surface. There is little root because there is little soil. And once pressure comes, what happens? The seed of the word dies. And we now contrasted that with the person who allows God to bring change and transformation. And we said that that pressure is necessary for growth. Because the sun that scorches the plant, right? The sun that does what? That scorches the plant is the same sun that provides energy for photosynthesis by which plants do what? Grow. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? So it's the same sun. It's the same pressure. It's the same persecution. Growth increase comes by pressure, by persecution. It is just normal. As normal as the sun rising in the morning. But the problem is not the sun. The problem is not the pressure. The problem is not the persecution. The problem is the lack of roots. Scripture says if you fail in the day of adversity, what's wrong? It's not that the adversity is so strong. You know, sometimes the way we pray, say, oh God, hey, yeah, these things, this, this process is too much. It's not. It is your strength that is small. If you ask, if you ask a little Rina to move this plant or move this chair, that's a Herculean task, right? But if you ask maybe Veronica to move it, it's, you've not necessarily given how it works. Am I making sense? It's a question of growth. It's a question of growth. And scripture says that God will not allow us to even be tempted beyond what we can what? Bear. And while even allowing that, while even allowing that we are not tempted beyond what we can bear, he also goes further to make a way of what? Of escape. So, you are set up the same way 
from the moment a woman conceives she is set up and empowered to deliver amen god said am i the god who can bring to the point of conception and i'm not able to bring to the point of delivery he was asking the children of israel he said do you think i'm a god who will bring to conception and i'm not able to do what to bring to delivery what is this trying to say he said don't focus on the pain we said, reading Revelation 12, that the pain is the birth pangs for what? For delivery. And we said, don't focus on the pain. Focus on the child that is about to be what? To be brought forth. So when you're going through wrong stuff, when the storms are hitting you hard, don't focus on the storm. Don't look outside. Don't focus on that person who has wronged you. Don't allow bitterness and hunger to fill your heart. Focus on God because it is time to bring forth. Focus on the child that is about to come. Don't let the enemy intimidate you into abortion. Many, many Christians have aborted the purposes of God for their lives for a season. Because of what? Because they got completely distracted. Somebody offended you and for four years... You are battling with unforgiveness, battling with bitterness. Every time his or her remembrance comes to you, you are bitter. Anger wells up in your heart again. In fact, because of that incident, you have made certain decisions. You've drawn certain boundaries, illegal boundaries that are not according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Now, where do all these things come from? So you have somebody say, I will never, my family will don't, we will never marry from that village. <laughs> Something happened some time ago and illegal boundaries were drawn. Boundaries of division. Boundaries of disunity. Of distrust. Hallelujah. There was a time marriage was about two people entering a contract and signing to die to self. Because that was all it means. When you stand before the priest and you're saying for better, for worse. So it can be worse. That was the contract you signed for better, for worse, for what? For richer. I know some churches have changed it now. For richer, for poorer. In sickness, you know, some people say in faith against, in health and in faith against sickness. Some other old orthodox says in sickness and in faith, everything joined. Hallelujah. But to a generation, that is just mere words said for a ceremony now. Seeds have been planted. Seeds of selfishness, of self-centeredness. Ambitions that are rootless and does not make for accommodation of other people's opinion. And so anything that is standing in the way of that ambition, in the way of that pattern of life, they shut it down, they crush it including the marriage or the husband or the wife they crush everybody have you met people who are married and they are enemies in fact they even teach you now marriage tactics now is how to live with your enemy there is no hope of you ever achieving unity union love mm. say so when you go into it you go into it putting your interest first you defend your it's like you want to go to battle 
That's the kind of marriage counseling that is going around now. And when you go there, grab as much as you can and get out. Hallelujah. Seeds that the enemies have sown and they are causing big catastrophes in generations. In generations. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 21. So, when we talked about the, the ground that has the fruit, the, um, the, the good ground, we said the seed fell into it and he had what? Understanding. We said understanding is what? Is very central to fruitfulness. It's very central to what? To fruitfulness. Because fruitfulness is what was commanded and what was made provisions for right from the very beginning. Hallelujah. The intent of the sower from the moment he or she stood up to go and sow is what? His fruitfulness. The intent was not scattering the word. Am I making sense? The intent, the goal, the objective is not spread the word anywhere, anywhere. No, the intent is what? Is fruitfulness. So, that means that even the wayside heart, the wayside heart has the potential to be fruitful if the conditions are met. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? If you just put the right conditions in place, if you put the right work in place, even the heart that is by the wayside can bring forth fruit. The stony heart can bring forth fruit if you allow God to process that heart and allow God to break down the stones. The ground that is by that is constitutes you know the thorny ground can bring forth fruit if he or she will allow God to weed out the thorns and the briars. And we've explained that very, very deeply. Please go back to please let's go back and get that series. It's so so important. There are strong instructions for life there, you know. But let's go back to the beginning. The beginning, God's intent from the moment He created man is what fruitfulness. See this verse. He said, let us make man in our what? Image and in our likeness. And let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea. In our image and in our likeness means they will look like us. They will be like us. And they will do what we do. Am I making sense? It is first of all, they will not. They will be like us. They will look exactly like us. Internally and externally and they would do what we do so what does god do according to this scripture what does god do he exercises dominion scripture says he's the king of all he's the lord of all psalms 24 he said the earth is the lord's and the what and the fullness thereof the world and they that what that dwell there god exercises dominion anywhere the presence of lord is there is what there is dominion there is dominion scripture says wherever the spirit is lord there is what there's the essence of god is manifest whenever there is an allowance of his presence his essence is power is glory when the family decides to allow god they experience the dominion and the power of God. When a people, a church, a people decide to allow God, 
the essence, the power, the glory of God manifesting that God can't be in a place and his dominion is not progressively manifested. Hallelujah. God can't be allowed room in a place and his glory will not be evident. It is impossible. If it's not evident, he is not being allowed. Hallelujah. Remember that church in Revelation 3? To whom Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and I'm what? And I'm knocking. They've not allowed him in. That's why he's at the door. Even though they are gathered in his name. They are a church named by his name, but they've not allowed him in. So what God does is exercises what? Dominion is intrinsic to God's nature. Winning is intrinsic to God's nature. Fruitfulness is intrinsic to God. There is no challenge of his what? Authority. Why am I saying this? Because we need to plug into the God kind of thinking. Am I making sense this morning? If dominion is all it does, is if there is no challenge to his authority, no one can, nothing can. It means that when you look at the heart and the mind of God, God gives zero thought to oppositions and obstacles. In fact, he doesn't see them at all. Am I making sense this morning? In God's psyche, there is no space for analyzing and considering the obstacle. Talk less of it. Talk less of that obstacle becoming... Uh, something you are strategizing for. God is so focused on his will and his intent that even Satan has no place as an obstacle. Hallelujah. And God proved that in the life of Job. Amen. God proved that Satan didn't matter. As long as God and man has connection as long as there is alignment between God and man, let Satan do his worst. The will and the purpose of God will what? Will come to pass. God doesn't see it. That's why God is never under pressure. Am I making sense? That thing you're burning in that, that is, that is, that is, that storm that is spinning you out of control, in a sense, it doesn't exist. It can't challenge the power of God. It can't. It can't. That was why the worldview of David and the rest of Israel. Amen. The worldview of David and the rest of Israel when Goliath emerged was so radically different. The rest of them were so intimidated by Goliath, a man who has been a warrior, scripture says, from his, from his youth. So huge that he needs a full-grown man to carry his shield for him. So powerful in presence. But where they made David, the school where they trained him, he was taught that God has no opposition. Am I making sense? That was the thought he grew up with. That God what? And he has seen it over and over. That was the thought in his mind. When the lion was coming to take something inconsequential. Just one sheep. Very inconsequential, right? 
you would think he's a risk taker, right? Why would you risk your life challenging a lion over your sheep? But the only reason he could do that was because where he came from, God has no what? God has no opposition. And if I am aligned to God, nothing can stop the will of God. Nothing. Nothing. No devil can take your life. Nothing. So when he saw Goliath on that fateful day, he was like, who is this idiot? Who is this uncircum? He wasn't seeing a big man, huge, heavy, all that paraphernalia of fear, of terror. He wasn't seeing any of it. He was just looking like somebody he would take down with a stone. His worldview was what? Was radically different. And because of that worldview, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't even struggling. Are, are you understand? Nobody was encouraging him and come to counsel him and encourage him. No, it was like that thing. I'm taking him down. I'm cutting off his head. The king was like, I, oh, to be careful, this guy, I heard he's been fighting since when he was a boy like you and he's no longer, he said, king, you, you don't get what I'm saying. Me, as I am, I've killed lion before. I've killed bear before. The king said, hey. Say yes. I would deal with this one just as I dealt with those ones. He said, okay, yeah. Take my sword. Take uh, armor. Take everything. The guy wore well. Like, What's this one? Huh? What's this one? What's this one? Some of you, the protection you are looking for is actually what's weighing you down from winning the war. Hallelujah. Take off illegal armor that God has not put for you. Take it off. Some of you are looking for security from things around you. Take off the illegal armor. It will not protect you. It will weigh you down. Some of you, when you get a good job, it's, it's good to believe God. Ah, God has done it. Hallelujah. Faith is busting. Take off the illegal armor. It's not about the job. It's not about things externally. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your faith and your hope should be only in who? In God Almighty. Come rain, come shine. And that is the ultimate security that you need. Am I making sense this morning? We need to plug into God's school of thought. God's philosophy. This is it. The man God makes must have what? Dominion. Because he is made in the what? In the image of God. You and I that God has made, we must have what? Say I must have dominion. Because that's who I was made to be. Say it again. Say it convincingly. Say I must have dominion. My mandate is dominion. It is not to accommodate evil. It's not to accommodate and yield ground to obstacles and opposition. Don't! Don't yield your ground to the devil. Don't let him occupy your land. There is a church today that is running away from the world. He's trying to be secluded. Trying to post, you know, build barricades and everything. You can't! 
If you like build walls that are very high, they will batter it. Take the war to the world and conquer it. That's your dominion mandate. Infiltrate the earth. Build up stamina and structure on the inside. That is where the walls will not come down. Hallelujah. That's where the walls will not come down. Put the right seeds inside your heart. Am I making sense this morning? Let us make man in our own image according to our what? Likeness. Let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea. Next verse. Over the birds of the air. Over the cattle. Over all the earth. And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Next verse. So God did what? Created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created what? Them. Next verse. Then God did what? You see, God did not just create them. God did what? Blessed them. And said to them, this is the blessing. The blessing is also a commandment. <laughs> Hallelujah. And this is very instructive. Whenever God gives us instruction, it is a blessing. Amen. Whenever commandment comes, it is what? In the commandment is the empowerment to do it. The energy to do it is in the commandment. And a lot of times, the commandment comes to bring to us awareness that we have the ability to do. Am I making sense? It's like you sitting down here and you don't know. Nobody has ever told you to lift a chair before. You don't know. Suddenly I ask you to leave the chair. What have you discovered? That you have the ability to do what? To leave the chair. Because if you don't, I won't have told you to leave the chair. Especially if I have good intent. And God is not mocked. God doesn't have an evil intent. Am I making sense? Scripture says God doesn't tempt with what? With evil. Within the commandment is the awareness of the ability to actually do the commandment. In fact, the commandment is a blessing. It's an empowerment. Stop seeing God's commandment as burdens. Start seeing them as what? Empowerment. The empowerment. If God has called you to be holy, you are empowered to be holy. If God has called you to be strong, you are empowered to be strong. God has called you to take the nations. You are what? You are empowered to take the nations. If God has said, be fruitful and multiply, you are empowered to be fruitful and what? And multiply. It is intrinsically in your nature to be fruitful and multiply. Fruitlessness is alien to your nature. It's an aberration. Barrenness is an aberration in the realm of the spirit. The new man in God is not made to be barren. It, he cannot be barren. He cannot lack the ability to be fruitful. He cannot. It is not in its nature. To not be able to bring forth. It is not in your nature to not be able to bring forth. Am I making sense this morning? There is strength on the inside. There is ability on the inside. You are empowered to become fruitful no matter your position 
that's facing you no matter the environment if they like let them take you take you to the most liberal the most godless country on earth you have the power to become fruitful right in the midst of a godless generation you have the power to stand strong you have the ability within you to stand for god you have it in you but you have to plug into god's school of thought am i making sense you have to when they brought um you know interestingly is their hebrew is their is their ethnic names that i that i remember but i don't like calling them by their ethnic names meshach shidrach and abednego i don't like those names they are not they are pagan names the bible said they are names of idols but that's the one we remember you see what religion has done to us now is the normal hebrew name that we are supposed to remember but he said, God of Meshach, me, give me the Shedra, Abed. He's not, God doesn't know Abed Nego. Who's Abed Nego? God will say, Who? Do I have any Abed Nego as a son? Huh? No. I think their real name is Mishael, Hananiah, and what? Azariah. Did I get it right? Hananiah, Mishael, and what? Azariah. That, that's, a, that's a real name. And then the Daniel. Okay, he gave Daniel birth. Uh, birth. Well, we did not, we did not take that one. I don't know why. With Daniel, we now now choose. <laughs> okay, it was too it was too complicated to pronounce. So please stop calling them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Please. I remember when somebody used to call Abednego. <laughs> Amen. Let's ban those names, please. They are they are godless names. Call them their real name. The name God named them: Ananiah, Mishael, and what? And Azariah their names hallelujah in spite of the opposition in Babylon they were true to God and they were fruitful even at the risk of being thrown into the fire and risking their life they said we are not even thinking about it imagine the level of the level of internal configuration that has happened to them over the years said we do not care to answer your king this matter you are saying it's not even up it's not even up for debate sorry sir we are sorry sir fireba okay let's go now hallelujah the new man is made to be fruitful it is your nature to be fruitful and you must fight everything in your life that has brought or is bringing another understanding a defeatist understanding a compromising understanding some of us we are so compromised internally the what we are to to any verdict of satan is very natural to accept it very we are naturally programmed for negativity it has to stop change has to come your natural response should be faith your natural response to be agreement with God, what God is saying. Your natural response should not be hopelessness, worry, despair, and depression. Your natural response should not be agreeing with negativity. No matter what your background is. It is alien to you. Am I making sense? The new man in God was made to be what? Fruitful. To exercise dominion. That is the likeness and the image from which he was made. Go back to Genesis 1. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 28. 
verse 28. To be fruitful and what? Multiply. Fill the earth. This is your mandate. Fill. Fill. What, what do you do? Do what? Don't be confined. Don't have a small mindset. Fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Contend for it and dominate it. Give me King James Version. Let me, let me just pick some words there. Give me King James Version. That's verse 28. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Do what? Replenish the earth. Is the same word for what? Fulfill the earth. And do what? Subdue. So in the process of being fruitful, are you hearing me this morning? The process of fruitfulness is, is what? There is three things inside fruitfulness. There is number one what? Multiplication. There is what? Replenishing. And there is what? Subduing. All three has to be in place in our lives. In fact, as you are being fruitful, you are multiplying, you are replenishing, and you are what? And you are subduing. By being fruitful. You know, we, we, I don't know which service we said that. Why we said that? The little actions of righteousness in our lives have implications and consequences what even in our generation i think it was when we we're treating portrait of a true worshiper right that we said that the god's move is transgenerational the scripture says that a generation shall praise your name unto what unto an, and that whatever god starts with a generation he wants to carry it on because god is endless he is everlasting Hallelujah. God's mandate to us as his people is to be what? Fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and to do what? And to subdue it. That is your dominion mandate. That's your dominion mandate. That is your marking scheme. Am I making sense? That is what? God is marking you against these things. Are you fruitful? Have you multiplied? Are you replenishing the earth? And the earth starts from your immediate environment, right? Because when God was recalibrating this mandate to his disciples, Jesus, to his disciples in Acts verse, uh, chapter 1 verse 8, and you will receive what? Power when the Holy Ghost is what? It's come upon you and you will be what? Witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and through the what? Can you see fruitfulness there? Can you see multiplication? Can you see replenishing? And can you see subduing? Habakkuk 2. He said, For the earth shall be filled with the what? The knowledge of the glory of God. As what? How does water cover the sea? To overflowing. That is the power that is hanging over your head. It's the power of the overflow. It's the anointing of the overflow. It is not the anointing of small measure. It's not the anointing of mediocrity. It's not the anointing of defeat, of hopelessness. 
you have the power to stare in the face of any darkness and subdue it that's the stock you're made of that's the stock you're made of this morning god wants to provoke it you know a, a passion in our hearts to become truly what he created us to be that you are an eagle stop living the life of a chicken stop being moved to and fro by the wind the chicken's reaction to storm and the eagle's reaction to storm are completely different things completely different one is scared running out you see chaos everywhere shouting screaming the other one has seen a vehicle to ride focus strength energy insight understanding completely different you're meant to be up there riding the storm that's your that is who you are you are made in the image of your father am i are you hearing me this morning are you hearing me this morning you are what you are made in the image of your father your father is the one who rides the storm bible says that his special his special vehicle is the whirlwind it's the whirlwind when god wanted to honor elijah he sent his vehicle the chariots of fire only preceded the whirlwind it was the, the bible said that elijah went up to heaven by the what by the whirlwind so it's not just the keke you know keke you know, was just the was just the, the convoy that announced his presence hallelujah you're made you're made you're made you're made for dominion the configuration of your nature your dna your spiritual dna is embedded and framed and formulated for victory for victory for dominion for righteousness praise god give me genesis chapter 8 god speaking to us in this genesis these verses that we've read he's not trying to you know god is not a motivational speaker how many of you know that how many of you know that god's not a motivation god's not saying you can do it yeah come on rise up and believe yourself and aspire god is not that god is not trying to make you what you cannot become hallelujah you know have you heard some motivational speaker by the time they finish you to you go you want to go and slap them <laughs> because it's just empty words meant to just psych you it's just to take you out of your reality for a few minutes or a few hours and paint an eldorado to you and then once you are done collect your money and return you back to that's not what god does when god is speaking to you he is calling forth the things he has what he has deposited inside you because god is not an evil man that wants to reap where he has not sown am i making sense am i making sense god doesn't go to reap where he has not sown remember that parable of the talents when the one the last one came to me and said this is your talent and was accusing the the man of being a hard man wanting to reward and the man was it was the accusation that brought judgment am i making sense because it was that accusation that made him not to invest 
Do you understand? He had a mindset about the man already, which led him to go and keep the money instead of him doing what? Planting it. So he thought that accusation, he now came with it as an excuse. And he was judged by the very same accusation. Hallelujah. God has put seeds in your hand. So he's not demanding, he's not demanding that you bring forth fruit where he has not put seeds. Am I making sense this morning? There is, there is an investment of God by virtue of your nature in him that should make you fruitful and to multiply if you will agree with God. Hallelujah. And faith must arise in our heart. We must begin to believe the verdict of the Lord for us. We must begin to agree with the Lord. We must see this contrary thinking. This, thing, this, this thinking that brings us to the realm of mere men. That brings and uh, uh, that patterns our life. You know, with men, men who have no, the only hope they have is in this world. We must fight that thing with every strength that we have. Because it's a slave mentality. Hallelujah. Paul said, if only in this life we have hope, we are of all men most. He wasn't just talking about the afterlife. No. He was saying that we have hope in unseen spiritual realities. And it's the reason we pattern our lives the way we pattern it. It's the reason we are choosing what we choose. There is something we are seeing that other men are not seeing. It's the reason our priorities are different. It's the reason our pursuit is different. We put God first. They put their own things first. Because they can't see what we are seeing. They were not born into what we are born into. Hallelujah. So it's such an aberration. When God sees you, whom he has invested in, who he has created in his image, patterning your own life and your understanding, after carnal and mortal men, something is really, really wrong and out of place. Am I making sense this morning? Faith must arise in our heart. Faith must arise in our heart. A rebellion must arise in our heart. A rebellion must arise in our heart. A rebellion against everything that is not conformed to the will and the image of God. We must rebel against it and do not agree with it. Give me Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. We read it the other time. God's instructions to Noah, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not what? Shall not cease. Give me verse 9. And so, based on what he was saying, right? Am I making sense? Based on what he was saying, right? So, God blessed Noah and his sons and said, be what? Be fruitful and multiply and what? Fill the earth. Next verse. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, every bear of the air, and all that move on the earth, and on all the fish of the sea. They are given 
into your hand. So he did not only institute the order of seasons of sowing and reaping. He also brought grace and empowerment to do what? To be fruitful and multiply based on that order. Hallelujah. And he went on to say that you are the one that your opposition will be fearing. Amen. The person who's supposed to be afraid between you and the obstacles is the obstacle. The person who is supposed, the thing that is supposed to be triggered, you know, is not you, is whatever constitutes the opposition. You are the one that should be at rest. Am I making sense? You are the one that should be calm and collected and focused. Because between the two of you, you are the one that has the mandate and the power to become fruitful. You can be all that God has called you to be. Because you've been empowered to be. And your own, your portion is not fear. Say, my portion is not fear. No matter what the enemy has said, no matter what they've said, no matter what the reality is, no matter what the doctor has said, your portion is not fear. Your portion is what? Is victory. Your portion is victory. Your inheritance is what? Is victory. Is victory. Is the will of God. Is the manifestation of the will of God. And it will come to pass if you agree with it. Hallelujah. Somebody getting blessed this morning. Oh, Give me John 15. Thank you, Jesus. God has called us to colonize the earth. To become fruitful. See, the, the, the issues... Let me also say this. You see, to Hannah, when Hannah was barren, for a very long time, Hannah's issue... She thought her issue was personal. Do you understand? She was relating with the issue of barrenness from a personal and cultural point of view. And that's what we do a lot of times too. The Bible said that Anna will be vexed by the activities and the words of Penina. That was her worldview. An object of shame based on culture based on tradition am i making sense so the problem was personal within that context if in if she knew a long time that from god's eye view god wanted to give israel a prophet and god will release it the moment she is aligned you know, that's the day all that pressure and that worry will come to an end. Did you get what I'm trying to say? If she could, if she had gleaned, is uh, it now? Into God's eye view, God's purpose, and saw God's intent, that would have been the very end of all the pressure that Penina was taking her through. It would have been the end. Because she would have known that there is a set agenda of God for me. And all I have to do is to what? Is to walk into alignment. And thank God that in the place of prayer, she was able to do what? She was able to migrate 
The Bible says that when she was praying, she said, God, if you would give me a son, I would do what? I would give him to you. God said, hey, now you are talking. You are, you, you are not barren now. You just, I want to give you something peculiar. Hallelujah. You are not slow. God is just taking you through a peculiar path. You are not behind. Am I making sense? The people you think, that the people you are measuring yourself with, that you, are, that, that, that you are concluding that you are behind, they don't even exist as far as God's plan is concerned. Am I making sense? God was not going, God, God was not blessing Hannah so that she can compete with Pelina. <laughs> Am I making sense? God wasn't blessing her so that she can brag. I say, ah, me that have been despised, have come back. This is your son that has returned to shame the devil, to shame the enemy. Oh, yeah. No, and then everything, the shame the dead, the doubt, shame the doubt, everything. No, no, no. Don't bring God to your low, unprofitable realm. That's not where God operates. That wasn't the intent. The intent was bigger and greater than the small space and the realities within that small space. The intent was Israel and the birthing of a king after God's heart. The intent was judgment for a nation so that they would not sway out of the will of God. That was the intent. And Hannah stood as the doorway of that intent of God. If Anna saw herself from the very beginning as the doorway of God's intent, there was no pressure that Penana was going to bring to her. Stop allowing the enemy to lower your mindset. You are bigger than the environment. You are bigger than the culture. You are bigger than the issues around you are not married, you are approaching 35, you are not married. The issue is bigger than that. Stop lowering your mindset. Stop lowering your mindset. Don't let the devil cheat you. Who told you you are slow? Who told you you are behind? Who is doing the measurements? Hallelujah. There was a king in Babylon. <laughs> he has just became king. The very height of human achievement, right? His name was is it Belshazzar also, or, or Darius? I think Belshazzar, right? He's, he's, he had, he just he was just crowned king. That's the highest of the highest any man in their day could achieve. And then he threw a feast, asked them to bring the cups, you know, of of the temple of God, and they were throwing a feast, and everyone was happy as far as man. Babare, Babake, Rakadid, everybody was praising, oh king, live forever. No, that's what the great king said. Oh king, live forever. Oh king, live forever. Meanwhile, as far as God's eye view was concerned, that day was his end. Before they know it, a finger appeared and wrote on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekel, the fast. Scripture says that your kingdom has been what? Weighed and has been found wanting. He wasn't aware that there is another scale. The real scale. Not the scale of man. The real scale. 
See, the, the scale of man is wind, is vanity. Stop wasting your life putting yourself on that scale. Get on the real scale of God. Get on the verdict and the judgments of God for your life. Begin to speak forth the word of God over your life. The one he has spoken to you about. Begin to align yourself with God's agenda. Begin to separate yourselves from vain things that, you have, that you've embraced. And they've become buffeting things to your life. It's time to cut those things off. It's time to cut out those ties. The issue is bigger than the petty things in your environment. You are made for something more. Something greater. Something more powerful. Something more tra- something transgenerational. You are made for greatness. And location has nothing to do with it. You know, it was my, my wife and I were laughing one day. I think we have a joke. She realized that, ah, if that the only thing that makes, she likes says that the only thing that makes Nigeria make sense is the purpose of God. That otherwise, Africa should revolt when they get to go to the gate of heaven. <laughs> because why would somebody go through this chaos of a life and then you now miss heaven again? Is that not double tragedy? You have, I mean, your mates are not even praying for light. You, you are doing fasting and prayer. You use faith to control light. You use faith to control weather. You use faith to control traffic. You, <laughs> you, you use faith to control walk everything. Everything, faith, faith, walk. You, the fact that you are first class, you now go on a faith journey to get job. Other people, once they are first class, the employer is the one coming to beg them, please now. See, this is our company. We give you this. We give you. This. You guys look at it. I don't like you. You, you're on the mountain. Seven days. Oh, God. because there are 15,000 first class <laughs> competing for that. Use faith for everything. <laughs> Africa should be the vote at the gate of everything. God, this life is not balanced now. Hallelujah. And we saw that and said, anyway, thank so that, that, that I said, thank God for purpose. Because purpose recalibrates your mind. Once you see from purpose eye view, the disadvantage of location just fizzles out completely. Because God knew David was going to be king one day before his father gave him sheep to be to be shepherding, right? Say that's your portion, you go. The other people they took them to school, school of warrior, school of training, school of wisdom, all the kind of schools so that they can become mighty men in Israel. But you, David, don't worry. Go and go and Hezma. Don't be a fool and Hezma. Don't, don't go and be a Hezma. It didn't matter as far as purpose was what was concerned. Location did not matter. Where you are right now does not matter. What matters is your alignment and your belief and faith in your heart for who God has made you. That's what matters now. And that's what you should embrace with the whole of your heart. That's what you should agree with with the whole of your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. John 15, 16. you did not choose me but I do what I chose you and appointed you that you go and do what bear fruit 
Do you know why this scripture is so important? And it's such a game changer. It changes the order. The normal order. Religion. Hmm? Religion tells us that you are the one seeking God. So you have to do everything. You have to roll on the floor. It's up to you. Am I making sense? Religion is God doesn't have your time. So you have to do something to... It's all about works. Am I making sense? You have to do something to get God's attention. Religion is very competitive. Say, hey, mini number one. He won in number two. God doesn't have your time. Well, who is number one? Let me just bless number one and go. Because... <laughs> and it does, you see all kinds of... That's religion. Spirituality says that you are the only one in the room. And God has your attention. Why are you competing for number one, number two, number five, number ten? What's your, what's your problem? Hallelujah. God said, I am the one that found you and did what? And chose you. It means I have interest in you. Before you knew me, I developed interest. Making sense. Don't let the enemy lie to you that God has abandoned you. Don't let your situation lie to you that God is God is done with you know the way we feel that ah I'm done with you. No, he was the one that came to find you in the first place. Said I chose you and appointed you that you should go and do what and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name he may what that is if, if your dad is telling you that anything you ask I will give to you how important do you think you are to him hmm? how important do you think you are to him see anything you ask don't worry don't worry in fact, the culture in those old in the Bible times is that whenever somebody pleases the king so much, if the king wants to prove his power, his chest, you can say, ask anything. They will now put a mark to it because they know the greed of man. <laughs> so even up to half of my kingdom. That's a powerful king. That's the king who is not afraid. It means that the wealth is, is unlimited. Am I making sense? That's how kings prove their worth. But God did not even say up to half of my kingdom. He said, ask anything. But just come into what? Just come into alignment. Just understand that I chose you. It's not the other way around. Scripture talks about the kingdom of God being that parable of a woman who lost a coin. And she left the 99 coins and did what? I went, I went to look for that coin. It is God that found you. You were not the one that found God. Hallelujah. And if he came for you, he did not come for you so that he can leave you and abandon you. If he came for you, it means that he will stay until his intent is accomplished. 
Are you hearing me? If he came for you, it means that he will do what? He will stay until his intent is accomplished. He will stay until his intent is accomplished. He will st- he is staying with you until his intent is what? Is accomplished. Say, as sure as, I, as, as, as long as I live, the whole earth shall be what? Shall be filled with the knowledge of God. He is staying with you until his intent is accomplished. He's with you right now. He's there in the midst of the chaos. He is there with you. He is there with you. He will not leave you until his purpose is accomplished. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not going, no matter the seasons, no matter the situation, God is not going anywhere. He came for you in the first place so that his intent can what? Can be established in your life. Let's deep up our voice this to God this morning. He's with you. God is with you. God is with you. He has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned you. He has not abandoned you. He said, Can a woman forget a baby or a mother? The child in what? In a womb. can the woman forget a nursing child and not have compassion on the what on the son of a womb surely they may what because you have some ayiri women right (laughs) said they may what it's not normal but it's possible but even if they forget it is impossible for me to forget you Tell your neighbor, God has not forgotten you. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. You are not. You need to believe that with the whole of your heart this morning. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten. You are just on a peculiar path. Because what is hanging over your head is bigger than the realities of the environment. He's bigger than the scale of men. He's bigger than the measurement of man. He's bigger than the carnal life. The Bible said that the life of a man is as the grass of the field. The sun rises up and is scorched and is the end. And there is no remembrance of it anymore. That is not your life. You were made to bring forth glory and honor and grace to God. Your life is meant to be a shining light even in eternity. A testament of the man that God partnered with so that his intent can what can be accomplished and like I said at the beginning when God and man are in alignment there is no opposition there is no obstacle there is no opposing harming nothing can stop you nothing can be in the way just come to alignment this morning let your heart come to alignment 
let your heart come to come back to faith come back to believe come back to the place of stirring up yourself in faith come back to the assurances of his promises come back come back to believing his word come and fellowship again with the things that you've abandoned come and meditate on the things that you've 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 abandoned and you no longer believe because that hope is still real the bible said that hope does not disappoint let's turn to our feet this morning that hope does not disappoint that hope does not disappoint Shafrasi da da